welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Beyer. And I'm Len Flynn, and I'm still a liquor box. And welcome to the program. You are listening live from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where tonight we are talking all things. We have a big recap episode for you, and I'm here with a joyous Len Foot. Because the Kansas City Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl after a fantastic AFC Championship game. We've got you covered, plus the NFC Championship game, which was bizarre. Uh, additionally, we have NBA, but Len and I are too depressed and we, uh, to talk about that, really. We also have college hoops. That's much more fun to talk about. Um We uh, also have our I recommend section. Uh, Oh, and there's big news with Chicago Sky. And we're really playing yo-yo with Len's emotions uh, uh, (laughs) on this uh, recap. Uh, uh, There was a big announcement, which I'm sure you've already heard about. But in case you haven't, we've got the whole details for you here on Jag Bags concerning the Sky and Candace Parker. Uh, And finally... Uh, Rolling Stones top 500 albums of all time. We are so close to breaking into the 100s. Oh man, we're knocking on the door. And then Len is close to breaking into the 300s. Man, we are making progress. Len is uh, talking about his own personal collection of his favorite 500 albums. He'll have five albums and his reviews of all of them for your listening entertainment. We're glad you're with us. It's freezing outside. Why go outside? Stay inside and listen to quality expertise. Let's get this. Let's get this party started. Uh, Len has really had a up and down day. Let's get him back on track. (laughs) You know, while you're getting your thoughts together on the glory of the Kansas City Chiefs, I just want to um, give you a little trivia. Uh, the Chiefs are making their fifth appearance in the Super Bowl. They currently have a Super Bowl record of two wins and two losses. If they win, they will have a Super Bowl record of three and two, which will tie them with two other teams. That also will have a three and two Super Bowl record. Can you name them? I'll give you, I'll start to give you some hints while you think. One Is team. Cowboys one? No, the Cowboys are five and three. Oh, wow. They've been that many. Yeah. Um, they're five and three. One Packers. team, the Packers are four and one. Ah. Yeah. They've only lost one Super Bowl. Uh, There's two, three, and two teams. One team is in the AFC, the other team is in the NFC, and neither team has been in the Super Bowl for a while. Um, so, uh, those are your hints. So one team is in the AFC. Are the Redskins one of them? Yes, the Redskins. Now the Commanders, but. Uh, they have not made the Super Bowl under that name. So yes, the Red the Redskins, three and two, 
Are the Raiders uh, the other one? And the Raiders, correct. The Raiders also three and two. If the Chiefs lose, they'll be two and three. That ties them with two other teams. Also, uh, one from the AFC, one from the NFC. Also, uh, one of the teams has not been to the Super Bowl in quite a while. The other uh, has been there very, very recently. Um, one team from the NFC, one team from the AFC. One team uh, has been there uh, very recently. The other has been a l- decades since they... Uh, Broncos, one of them? The Broncos, surprisingly, I was surprised by this. They are three and five. They've been to eight Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. I think they will. I remember they lost four. Is the, okay, Dan, so two and three. Who's two and three? Yep. Five Super Bowls. They've won two and lost three. One from the NFC. One from the AFC. One has had very recent success. The other has not been uh, to the Super Bowl in literally in decades. Um, are the Dolphins two and three? You correct. You have got it right. The Dolphins are two and three. So they're the team that hasn't been there. Rams. The Rams. You got it. Yeah. You got it. You know your NFL. So the Chiefs are standing in history, really. And yeah. uh, in their way are the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, this is the way that I think a Super Bowl should be. These are the two best teams, or the, this is the team with the two best records in the NFL. And I like that when they're the two best um, regular season teams make it all the way to, because they're rewarded. Um, you know, they, they earned the bye, and then they won the games they were supposed to. They both beat the hottest teams in the league, and now they're uh, and now they're in the Super Bowl. Um, so let's talk about the Super Chiefs. What impressed you the most about that game? Oh, the defense for sure. Yeah, the defense. That's what I was worried about. But right. two interceptions. The biggest play of the game I thought was the deflected interception. Mm-hmm. The first that one. was because the look on Burrow's face after that happened, like he couldn't believe that happened. Right. Like that shaked him. Mm-hmm. Mr. Joe Cool. And I actually like Burrow. Everyone likes him. But that bothered him. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, that that didn't work. <laughs> right. I threw an interception. Right. And what's funny is the I, the Bills had a better defense than the Chiefs this year, mm-hmm. but the Bills couldn't do anything against the Bengals, and the Chiefs were getting in there every time. Chris Jones had a great game. It felt like the Chiefs really studied that Ravens-Bengals game, and they're like, we've got to make life uncomfortable for Burrow, or he'll pick us apart, and they did. And they also didn't get bothered by – I mean, I know it was not a high-scoring game, 23-20, kind of an average game, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they also didn't get bothered by the Bengals' defense because the Bengals' defense and the other games they lost seemed to confuse them. Yeah. And I didn't feel like that's what happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think if Mahomes didn't have that fumble, the Chiefs might have won by a couple touchdowns. 
because that kind of turned things around, got the Bengals back into it. That fumble gave the Bengals life for sure. Yeah, because the Chiefs were driving, and then all of a sudden Mahomes has this weird fumble, and I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Right, right. Fluke play. Yeah. But Mahomes, his touchdown pass uh, to – it was to Scantling, right, where Scantling basically – he threw it off his back leg. It threw a dart 20 yards to the middle of the end zone. I, yeah. Unbelievable throw. Yeah. Vintage I, Mahomes. He, except for a fumble, he played great. He was great. He was great. And Kelsey, who was hurt, had, he still managed to have a couple of big plays. I just hope they're healthy. Excellent game, yeah. All these guys, because their receivers got hurt. Yeah. I Pacheco. mean, Mahomes... Mahomes Obviously didn't look hundred percent, but he didn't look too bad. So you figure in two mm-hmm. weeks he should be even better. Yeah, they've got two weeks to heal up now. I just hope none of their receivers are out. The, like, uh, what's his name? This is Juju Schuster. Yeah, Smith Schuster. They need him. They're going to need Hardman for the deep threat. Yeah, because the Eagles have a really good defense. They do. So they're going to need all their weapons to beat the Eagles. But the other thing I know, I hadn't really seen the Eagles play all year. I just knew from they were they were dominate they were dominant for a stretch mm-hmm. towards the last not right before Hertz got hurt. Right, they were starting to kill teams. Yeah, and then they kind of lost it a little bit for the rest of the year. But then they they look good again, but Hertz didn't throw a good deep ball at all. No, his shoulder's bothering him. He's not 100% either. Yeah, so that, that'll that help the Chiefs if he can't do that because he had, he had a couple TD opportunities that just didn't happen because he didn't, he didn't get the ball to the open receiver. Right. It will be key for the Chiefs because that rushing attack of the Eagles is that's that's their game. They are strong. They're, the Chiefs are really going to have to figure out a game plan to slow that down and make Hurts throw the ball. They got to get him into these long range, long yardage situations. Yeah, they they did a pretty good job yesterday though against the mm-hmm. Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals didn't have a good running game rushing attack against the chiefs nope that was yeah again that was really surprising how well their defense played uh the the defense was outstanding well tony romo kept saying that spagnola i think that's the name of the Mm -hmm. he kept saying he had stuff saved for this game maybe he did because they they held him down yeah they the the bengals didn't look they looked off. I'd never felt like the Bengals were the better team. Watching the game, I felt like the Chiefs were better. I felt the Chiefs were better defensively um, in terms of like their defense seemed to, you know, attack the Bengals better, stop them, force the Bengals to settle for field goals. Um, yeah, and- they, they, they took advantage of the Bengals not having their starting offensive line. They didn't let Burrow get into a groove. I mean, Burrow had a couple of nice plays. He had one really good throw. 
I think one of their receivers caught a pass at the five yard line. It was a perfect, it was like an Aaron Rodgers pass. Chase. Where that's the only place he could have thrown it where a guy could have caught it. Right. And that's why Burrow, like, watched out for him because his accuracy is exceptional. If they get an offensive line for, for him, look out. Yeah, they're, they're going to be in it the next few years. He, he, he seems like he's that good. Yeah. Cause last week you figured the Bills should have been able to beat them. Right. With all the Bengals injuries, but right. it didn't matter. And that's, a, that's a sign. That's the type of stuff. The Patriots and Brady used to do. Yeah. It didn't matter what happened. They would still figure out a way to win. Right. That's what I was worried about yesterday. But but like I said, Mahomes played great. They pulled. <laughs> it was an exciting game too. It was a really good game. Now you were you were kind of objective. Did, what did you think of the refs? Did you think? I don't know what everyone's complaining about. <laughs> I love it. Uh, no, I'm it, serious because I watched the game and I was like, yep. okay, that was that was a late hit at the end of the game." Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about. It. I felt terrible for that guy. But somebody said something about a punt or something. I was like, what? What punt? Well, they gave Mahomes an extra uh, down because they gave him another third down. Yeah, because the ref was blowing the whistle and no one heard him. That because the ref. But oh. no one saw that. And then they finally pl- did well, the replay. The replay, they showed it, him running Where you saw this ref coming in. Yeah. Weirdly. I didn't know why he was running in to stop that, but he was. Yeah. Um, and it didn't matter anyways because they got sacked the next play. Yeah. But still pretty botched. That I've never seen that before. Um, I mean, so. To, that, to think that affected the game, it didn't affect the game at all. I thought that a few of the calls were pretty ticky-tack. If I'm going to be honest, I thought that they were pretty much holding on every play. So, you know, either the refs are going to call every last hold or they're just going to let them play. And then it's sort of a, you know, what can they get away with? I feel like same with uh, coverage of the receivers. There was one, uh, pass interference that they called on the Bengals that even the uh, Gene territory. let's go to Gene's territory. What did you think? And he's like, that's not pass interference. And uh, I agreed with him there. I thought it went half and half. I thought that uh, m- half of the calls, I'm like, no, that's a good call. And the other half, I'm like, come on, that's not. That many, you thought there was that many bad calls. I thought there were definitely a, lot a few of bad calls. calls. What you're saying is 50-50. I think it was a 50-50. I do. But do you the think the refs have been an issue all year long? But do you think they favored one team or no. bad refing? No. Okay, so then you know no. both teams got bad calls against them. Then. Yeah, I mean I can't recall if the Chiefs were beneficiaries of some bad calls. I can't. I, I, I'd have to go back and look at them. I don't remember. So there probably weren't. I didn't think it was egregious. I think it's fun to tweak Chiefs fans with uh, the, the cries of rigged NFL games <laughs> to favor the Chiefs. 
to ensure the Chiefs Eagles game that America wanted. I mean, come on. Uh, where are we in in society here? Um, so it does seem like the refs haven't been able to get, and I'm not just talking about this game. It seems like the refs in general have had a rough year. Um, so I don't know what to do about that. Um, there's been some, but you know, bad calls are like a part of the NFL. They're a part of every sport. You know, these, these referees and umpires, they're human and they don't want to screw it up. They want to get it right. And, uh, I, I don't like this increased scrutiny on, uh, umps and refs. I just don't, I think it's not good. You're more worried as a fan about the refs and, um, the umpires than you are about the game. Um, that's my own, you know, get off my lawn comment. Um, so I, I didn't, I didn't see it as affecting, uh, the outcome of the game. But if you asked me if I thought the officiating was good for the Chiefs Bengals game, I would say no, it was not. So, but I don't think it affected one. I don't mind if officiating is bad, if it's just, if it's bad for both teams. So, and I felt like it was bad for both teams yesterday. Um, you don't think, I mean, you don't think the officiating was bad? No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was bad, but I don't know. I, I was uh, too, my laser intensity was. <laughs> let's, let's be clear. We might win. Let's so. be clear. That call at the end of the game on Joseph, I'll say was absolutely the right call. Yeah. And that um, Joseph Osei meet Ernest Biner meet uh, all time goats of uh, championship games because maybe Butker might have made a 60 yard field goal. He's got the leg for it, but a 45 yarder is a lot easier than a 60 yarder. Um, and it was 10 degrees out. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a killer. I think what I think happened on that play was he had a really good game before that. Yeah. He was a guy who was in Mahomes' face the most. I oh, think sorry. his adrenaline was so absolutely, up, absolutely. He just couldn't stop himself. And I think he misjudged how fast Mahomes was moving. I think that that yeah. because everyone was like Mahomes hadn't run all game long. Yep. And in that moment. You're trying to get him out of bounds because at that time I was thinking, well, we're going to go into overtime. Me too. And, um, and then that is just a crusher of a penalty. Yeah. Cost him the game. I mean, that's, I mean, there's no one play that costs you a game. I mean, there's mistakes, you know, that everyone on the team made that, they never should have been in that. You could say they should never been in that position, but in that moment, in that, that's uh, that's tough to look at that and not say he cost them the game. Um, and uh, now we move on. Um, any thoughts on the NFC game? I mean, it was a weird game because I mean I've never seen it where another team didn't have a they didn't have a quarterback. My question to you is, though, 
Wouldn't you try to have McCaffrey or somebody throw a pass? Yeah. You're you're losing anyways. Right. Have him throw a pass. Draw up some draw up a play in the dirt. Yeah. I mean at that point, you gotta try something. You can't just hand off every time. Yeah. Shanahan. These guys can throw a football. They're they're not gonna be a, a quarterback, but and especially you the 49ers, you got three great players on that offense. Right. And I felt like they're like, we're going to hand off, but we're going to mix it up. We'll give it to McCaffrey. Then we'll give it to Samuel. We'll throw this, whatever. Kittle's got the ball once. Right. We'll have McCaffrey, who was, I guess, technically their backup behind Johnson. Right. And throw a pass. See if he can, see if he can throw one pass to one of these, one of the two star receivers. Maybe they'll get open and something happens and you move the ball and, the defense can't just key in the room. I thought Shanahan did his guys no favor. I don't think Shanahan is a good coach in big games. He seems to, you know, and uh, I just don't like the look on his face too. He's he's all insolent and, uh, you know, seems like a spoiled uh, child. And uh, he did his team no favors where, and Greg Olson made a comment that the 49ers had the ball with like a minute and a half to go, maybe two minutes before the end of the first half. And Olson was like, hey, you know, do you really want to give the Eagles a chance to score again? You know, maybe try and run some time off this clock, be conservative, and, you know, let's just go down – Let's go to the locker room down 14-7 and not these, give these guys another chance. And sure enough, they turned the ball over. And so instead of going down, going into the locker room down 14-7, you went down 21-7 and very deflated. And uh, there's stuff like that where Shanahan did his team no favors. The, the, the uh, Failing to be inventive in the second half also is another example. I just don't think Shanahan, you know, I mean, to be fair to Shanahan, he's never been in that situation and he probably froze up and there's nothing on his laminate play cards that deal with not having a quarterback who can. Yeah. Play. I mean, that was rough, you know, but you still, I, again, I think you still tried something in the air, right? I agree. Yeah. Try something. I agree. Yeah. Um, Anything else on? Uh, no, we'll talk a little bit more next week. Yes. Uh, how what we think is going to happen? Yeah, should be a good Super Bowl. Should be re- two really good teams who haven't really lost very much at all this year. So, um, it's the two best teams, and that's how it should be. Um, and it's history because it's the first time in Super Bowl history where the two black quarterbacks are facing off. Yeah. So that part is great too. Um. Let's move on. We're going to switch it up. Not because the NBA is so depressing for us, but it is. And probably, I don't think it's an overstatement to say that the biggest, the best sports story in Chicago this year is Northwestern Wildcats basketball. Um, they won three big 10 games in a row. Uh, this week. Two of them were by double digits. 
Yep. So the last time that that happened, where the Cats won three in a row and two of them were by double digits, the coach of the Wildcats was Arthur Dutch Lonborg. <laughs> <laughs> A legend. Right before he shipped off to fight in the Great War. Uh, <laughs> so Chris Collins has really stepped among the legends of Northwestern basketball now. He has tied the great Dutch Lonborg uh, in NU hoops. Uh, NU right now is third place in the Big Ten. Yeah. I can't remember the last time they were this high in the uh, standings. Maybe never. And right behind them, with a five and four mark, are the resurgent fighting Alina. This upcoming game, Cats uh, Alina in Champaign, is turning out to be pretty big. Yeah, I think for Northwestern if they could beat Iowa and Michigan this week they're going to be ranked you might be right but they have to be those are not easy games and Iowa played Rutgers and Rutgers plays like Northwestern does yeah they're a defensive team and Iowa scored the most points against Rutgers and beat them yep I think on Sunday or is it Sunday or Saturday right so that's going to be it. That's going to, and it's in Iowa, I think. That's doubly tough. And Michigan, I don't think Michigan's really good, but they have Dickinson. He's a good, he's a good player. And, uh, but if they could beat both those teams, they're, they're going to be ranked. I don't, is that Michigan game? That's in, in Ann Arbor or is that in Evansville? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to look it up right now. With the loss to Rutgers, actually. NU is now in second place. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. I'm going to take a screenshot of this because when will this ever happen again? NU, six and three. Uh, the Michigan game it's here. is at home. Yeah. 6 p.m. on ESPN2. And then they play Wisconsin and Ohio State where they're both struggling. Hmm. Which is but, rare because they're usually both good every year. Yeah, but both those games are on the road too. Mm-hmm. So that won't be easy. Then they get Purdue at home. And then Indiana, who has really come on. They they're figure they, yep. Indi, Indiana has definitely figured it out. What's what's Northwestern's conference record? Six and three. And then there's a three-way tie for third. It's Illinois, Rutgers with the loss to Iowa, and then Indiana, who has – Indiana, I think, has won something like four or five in a row. Yeah. So they have five 11, 11 conference won five games. in a row. They have 11 conference games left. They, yeah. If they win four of them, I think they make the tournament. If they win four of them – that means they go four and seven. That that puts them at nineteen and twelve, and that might get it done. Yeah, five hundred. I think five hundred in the Big Ten gets them. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're not playing 
Minnesota or Nebraska again. Darn it. Wow, Ohio State has really... I mean, Northwestern, they've, they've played well against pretty much everybody. They really have. Their schedule is, well, I mean, every schedule, there's no... It, the only, like, for sure wins where you feel good that they're going to win are Nebraska and Minnesota. Even Ohio State, I don't know. I have a tough time. Ohio State, if I look at their standings, they're 8-2 and two at home. That's rough. On the road is where they are abysmal. Yeah. Well, Wisconsin and Ohio State both kind of fell apart. Yeah. And you want see, it's like I read something where somebody said, oh, the Big Ten's down this year. Is it, are they, or are there eight teams that are good and they're just beating on each other? Hard to know. I mean, the, um, the national polls disagree with you. Because there's only two ranked teams. Yeah, um, Purdue and Indiana. Yeah. So, yeah, Purdue is just the standout. Yeah. But who's going to separate themselves? Yeah, it's a big log jam. At the end, or is it just going to be a big bunch of? Is there going to be a bunch of 10 and 10 teams? And that then could be the case as well. A lot of them make, because you can't really tell, because you're like, okay. Because I think they all had good pre—I mean, um, yeah, pre-conference marks records, right? right? right. Non-conference, right. non-conference games, right? So, are they good teams? Just button heads against other good teams? Will they actually play well in the tournament because they're playing tough teams almost every game, or are they just average teams? Hard to I don't know. know. I don't know. We're going to find out. Let's. Is, uh, it, is, is it Audige and Bowie's experience that are making Northwestern have such a good year? Well, I think it comes back to their defense. Their defense is playing really, continues to play really well. Yeah. And uh, if they can get, and we've always talked about, they need a good production from just a third guy. And if Ty Berry becomes a, guy they can depend on then they become very tough. They had insane game yeah. against Nebraska he was unbelievable oh my gosh 20 something points at the half time and of course Nicholson will always be there to make child's play of the big time <laughs> the first highlight the other night was Nicholson dunking <laughs> And then he shouted, Child's play. Child's play. (laughs) Yeah, Tuesday's Uh, a big local basketball TV bonanza because Illinois plays Nebraska, Bulls play the Clippers, DePaul plays Connecticut, who's ranked, and then Northwestern Iowa. And Loyola plays, I don't know who Loyola plays, but so if you want to, if you could watch all the local teams, you could just flip back and forth from six to 10 and see every, pretty much every the ultimate Chicago hoops uh, experience. Yeah. The Northwestern Iowa is probably going to be the best one to watch. That should be a good game. That's yeah. going to be a good test for NU. It is. It's an important one. This is, if they could get, like I said, if they could get those two wins, 
then they're feeling really good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Illinois a little bit since the loss to Northwestern uh, at home on Jag bags night. Um, Brad Underwood has taken your faxes to heart. Um, <laughs> he's changed his diet. Um, he's listening to more jazz. Um, he's uh, uh, going to yoga. He's really learning to calm his inner self and the uh, Alina I have won six out of se- uh, six out of the last seven. Yeah. They're playing. They're playing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, had, a, had a great game, their last game, mm-hmm. and it's weird as one of their guys left the team, and since that happened too, they played better. Right. Their and schedule. Again, maybe Northwestern is just a really good team. There's no reason to think that Illinois won't move up, continue to move up because their next three games are Nebraska, Iowa, and Minnesota. So you got to think they're going to win two out of those three. At At least least. two. If they win all three, I bet you they get ranked. They could. What's what's their record overall? Uh, 15 and six. Yeah. So if they get to 18 and six, I think they get back in the top 25. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah, Illinois got a, it seems like they have a little easier road. Um, well, then, then, then their schedule turns tough after that. Then they've got Rutgers, then Penn State, which is winnable. Indiana, that's... State's pretty good. <clears throat> Penn State's got shooters. Yep. <clears throat> They're right in the middle of the pack. Yep. So they can, make, they can make the tournament. Penn State. Yeah. And I, you know, you figure in the Big Ten, the only bad loss would be if you lose to Minnesota or Nebraska. It's true. Losing everybody else doesn't really give you a negative. When the, it's true. When the committee's looking at who to pick. So they could they could get ten teams, which is crazy. They could get ten teams. <laughs> And only one of them, well, maybe two of them would have high seed. Like if Indiana continues to play well, maybe Indiana moves up to like a four or five seed. And then it's like (laughs) eight big 10 teams that are seeded from seven to 10 or something. Yeah, it's incredible. But I mean, there's not a great, I don't think there's a great college team this year. Yeah. Even I, Purdue, uh, I guess Purdue has one loss, but I'm not convinced. I, I, I got to watch him play. I haven't seen Purdue either. And when you think nationally, um, Tennessee's having a good year. Houston, although they just lost. Alabama just lost to Porter Moser. That's what happens. All, Oklahoma. Every team just, they keep losing. I mean, I yeah. don't get a ton of games where they fall out, but there's no dominant team. You know what conference is getting the most attention now is the big 12. Yeah. They have a lot of teams in the, um, in the top 25, probably the most out of the the major conferences. So we'll see. Um, But it just makes for 
possibly the best tournament ever. If these teams are all so close, there's no big talent disparity. It, it could be just incredible. Like every game would be close, which I mean happens a lot anyways. So I, I can't wait. I can't wait for the tournament. Should be fun. Yeah. Um, Purdue's only loss of the season is to Rutgers. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, Rutgers, just like Northwestern, they're, they're tough defensively. They have guys who, veteran guys, and a couple guys who can shoot the ball pretty well. They're going to be a tough team to beat in the tournament. Agreed. Agreed. Well, let's hope that the Cats can summon the ghosts of Dutch Lonborg and continue <laughs> their uh, climb into the NCAA tournament. Um, we're rooting for them, and hopefully they'll have another great week. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else on college hoops? No, that's it. All right, let's talk about the NBA. Uh, well, you shouldn't feel too bad. Because Cleveland just beat the Clippers. I know the Clippers sat out every guy on their team, but so at least they won. Still a good uh, win. Yeah. At least they did not mail it in like they did against Golden State. Yeah. Because I so was not. Maybe they learned their lesson. Hopefully. Because they they beat the Clippers, I think, by twenty three. Right. They did. Yeah. They had another. Uh, yeah, they they dominated the Clippers. I wonder if those good. guys are going to play against the Bulls tomorrow, or that was just a rest thing, even though they said their knees hurt. I'm the curious Clippers if are, um, and Paul George and Reggie Jackson all play tomorrow. These guys are amazing. I mean, they just go to their owner like, no, not playing. <laughs> no. It's like calling, calling in sick when you're not sick. Incredible. And they're the highest paid guys on the team. I mean, what yeah. does that do to the rest of morale? I'm not going to play hard. Well, I have to play again. Because uh, Jagoff doesn't feel like playing. Um, and is Leonard and George, are they just going to... And I feel like George probably would want to like put in a full 82. He's probably sick of it. He's like, if Kawhi's not playing, I'm not playing. Mm-hmm. He's got every right. Um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating as a fan. I know. Anyway. Um... The Cavs also had a very bad loss against OKC. Even though the Thunder are very much improved. I mean, Cavs are up seven going to the fourth quarter, looking good, and they just fell apart. Yeah. So same old, same those, old. Those two great young guys, OKC. Yeah, Alexander and Giddy. And they got a bunch of young guys, too. Williams, there's a couple guys named Williams. Um, they play hard. And they're right in the thick of it as far as like uh, potentially uh, qualifying for the play. I think they're only a game out. They're right there. Yeah. And then they probably still have draft picks from all those trades they did. Yeah. So they could probably get some more young guys. So they could be, they could be really good next year. They could. They've had some good wins this year. They really have. Two years from now, they could be a contender, I think. Yeah, playoff team. So, um, I so I I wasn't as and it was in Oklahoma City, so I wasn't as down. Um, the Bulls just continued there. It's the it same was, old. Yeah, it 
Last week was exactly their season. Yep. They play Atlanta, who's a team they're competing with for a playoff spot. Nice win. They Mm -hmm. win by 11 points. So you're like, oh, cool. I remember last week I said they need to win three three out of four. Yep. So you're like, okay, they got their first one. Next night, I watched this game. Charlotte. No. Indiana. Oh, Indiana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're up. They're up like 20. That's right. The lead just gets smaller and smaller. And my good friend, Zach Levine, I think he had three turnovers in the fourth quarter. Just a complete, complete collapse. They're getting roasted. Not that he's a bad player, but McConnell, he's the one who, he, I think he stole the ball from Levine twice and hit big shots, and they, they couldn't stop anybody. And they should have had that game. Right. So now they're one and one for the week. I'm like, oh, well, they'll beat Charlotte. So maybe they could beat Charlotte. And then if they, uh, I'm trying to think who they, who their last game was against. Uh, oh, Orlando. So I'm like, okay, they'll be if they they'll beat Charlotte, and then they if they beat Orlando, then they could be three out of four, and maybe I'll have some optimism. <laughs> Same thing happens in Charlotte that happened in Indiana. They're like leading going into the fourth, and then they ended up losing by 15 to Charlotte, who's been awful all year. Yeah. So that was horrendous. It, that was a bad loss. But then, you know, the Magic game. They look good. Well, it, it was <laughs> it was trending to another bad loss, but they somehow snapped out of it. Yeah. And I think part of it was because Orlando's coach took all the starters out. Right. So it's Cole Anthony, Suggs, uh, Mo Wagner, who had a great game. Admiral Schofield and Bull Bull. And they're all playing well. Best name in the NBA, by the way. They're all playing well, right? But he kept them in like the whole rest of the game. He didn't do the Phil Jackson. The Phil Jackson is, okay, if you empty your bench and they're playing well, okay, put the starters back in. He never put the starters back in. He should have put all those guys back in with like four or five minutes left, and maybe they they win that game. Yeah. I I think the subs just ran out of gas. Because the Bulls ended up winning by like 19, but it was a close game until interesting the last strategy minutes. Yeah, because they they were playing well, right? And I think they gotten the lead cut down to either four or five points at one point. But you know what? Know what you do then? Put your guys back in. Put put the other Wagner in. Put Carter back in. Carter always plays well against the Bulls, and he's he sat. He does. He sat him out, and then. uh the rookie from Duke, who had he had a really bad game. Panchero, like thirteen or something. He just kept shooting, but I feel like he should have put at least a couple of his starters back in. That was that was almost like a coaching loss, I think. So the Bulls got lucky in in that respect. So two and two, which is their season. Yeah, that's the way it's been going. So if you look at the standings right now, the Bulls are a half game ahead of Pacers, of Indiana Pacers, the Indiana Pacers, for that 
10th and final spot in the play-in. We're, we're a half game ahead of the Pacers? Yeah. So the Pacers must keep losing. The Pacers, the Pacers have lost nine out of their last 10. And uh, actually, it's funny. The Magic keep winning. They just beat Philly tonight. Um, so I, I don't know about the Pacers, and the Raptors don't seem to want to win either. Uh, Orlando keeps improving. Um, they still got a ways to go to catch that 10th spot, but um, they're frisky. They're moving up. They're not like Charlotte or Detroit where they're solidly in the, in the basement. <clears throat> yeah. There's a whole group in that play and there's the Knicks, there's Atlanta, the wizards who have caught fire and the bulls. It's so, yeah, more to come. The all-star break can't get here soon enough. I think a lot of, I feel like a lot of teams are just kind of treading water and then they'll really start to lock in after the all-star break. I just wish Levine didn't have that contract. Yeah. Because he's, he's the guy I would want to trade. But I don't think he's going him. anywhere. You're not going to be able to trade him. Yeah. Because he's been the third third best guy on our team. Vukovic has had Vukovic has played better this year than last year. He's getting comfortable. Yeah, he's had some really good games. What about IU? We haven't really talked about IU very much. This, uh, what are your thoughts on him? There's a rumor that he's might get traded. Really? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that. I I didn't it. see that. <laughs> I just read it today. Wow. But, yeah. Well, maybe they figure they got to do something, so they're going to trade him. Oh my God! I don't think I don't agree with that at all. But I don't think you give up on a guy like that. And I don't know what you would get in return. They can't trade Levine. Nope. They probably don't want to trade DeRozan. Right. Vukovic has been playing well, so you go down the line. Yeah. You're not going to trade Patrick Williams. No. But if you want to look like you're doing something, you trade Io or you trade who's our other, some of our, they're not going to trade Caruso, even though I'd be fine with trading Caruso. There's another article in the paper about Caruso today saying, he does all the things you don't see in the box score. Yeah, like what, like bad fouls? (laughs) Like getting five fouls every game and four of them are stupid? Like not being any kind of an offensive threat. It's Caruso. I, I, it feels like ever since that Grayson Allen injury, he's not come back the, the same. I thought he was great. I thought he was terrific before that injury. Something's happened. They still act like he, he's this amazing player. I'm like, I watched the games. Right, he gets he he probably gives up the most three point plays of anybody on the Bulls. Like where he'll foul guys, and a lot of them are fouls. Like you're like, why are you fouling them? The guy, you know, the guy's got a layup. Right. If you're gonna foul him, make sure he doesn't get the basket. Right. That's that's what I see with him. Caruso has been faxing Levine, saying, "I too have landed on lens." <laughs> S list. <laughs> it she istle. 
But exactly. still, there you go. So you got so Welcome Io's the club. most likely to get traded. They could trade Io. They could trade Derek Jones. They could trade these bench guys. So it looks like they're doing something, but they really wouldn't be. I don't know what they would get for any of these guys. That that would be a mistake to trade Io. I'd love to see Io on the Cavs personally. No, the they don't need to. Is, they don't need a guard, but to to Caruso him to use the same logic that people do about Caruso is I was, I was a point guard. He doesn't get a lot of shots. So his stats are never going to look that great. Cause he's, he's in right. there with the three scorers yeah, and Patrick Williams. Who's been getting more shots. So he's basically with four guys that get double digits and shots. Right. Every I he's, a team, get he's a team player. He's not going to force shots. I mean, the last, I think the last game I saw him play, he didn't miss like, at least two wide open threes, but he, he plays good. De- he plays good defense. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna. He's a good chemistry guy. Which of all of all the teams in the league, what's what the Bulls need is to get some chemistry. Yeah, not a good idea. I don't know. I don't agree with that at all. I don't know. I mean, they're probably gonna trade somebody. You you can't be under 500 and not do anything. Yeah. And I don't see a trade that you can do. That's going to jumpstart them so that they are going to uh, maybe I mean the Celtics, the Celtics, yeah, the bulls can take, um, you know, some heart from this. The Celtics were below 500 at this time last year really? and they traded and they got Derek white. That was a little trade uh, with San Antonio and they got Derek white from San Antonio. And then they, they haven't looked back since. So maybe it is just a matter of just one guy. Cause white plays incredible defense. And so maybe it is a matter of just moving one guy and getting a, some kind of figuring out that kind of spark plug that makes everyone play better i don't know do you think the bucks would take caruso and levine for Giannis? i think that's a fair deal Ooh, look at you let's plug that into the nba trade machine and see what that could be favorable hmm, there's a giant finger up raised and it says milwaukee on it interesting <laughs> interesting i think you should throw jack sigma into the deal as well <laughs> um Anything else on the NBA? No, I just, I get my neck muscles get a workout from shaking my head when we're talking about <laughs> I know. I have a very thick neck now. Yes. Um, well, then let's move on for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon, oh no, Chicago Sky. From the land of Chicago Sky, there is some news concerning Candace Parker We've we've gone from bad to worse. Uh, for those who have not seen, Candace Parker signed a contract with the Las Vegas Aces, and she'll be playing with them next year. Yep, that's uh, a big blow to the sky because she was a big part of what they did. Huge part. Yeah, the. It leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, though, because Candace Parker 
everyone kept saying it's between the sky and the LA Sparks. Because Parker used to play for them. And she's from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And she signs with the Aces, who won the championship last year and are loaded. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she was being a little deceptive. She pulled a little Kevin Durant. She made it sound like it was a family thing. I'm like, no, because you were <laughs> living in Chicago or L.A. Now you're yeah. gonna live in Las Vegas. So I don't I don't like that she did that. And I should have kind of seen it coming because the Aces got rid of Dorica Hamby, who was on their team last year. He's, she's six three, pretty good player. Yeah. They basically just traded her to the Sparks. Right. Also a uh, under uh, that was that was not a um deal without controversy as well. Yeah, because they were saying things about her that she says weren't true. and Yeah. And what's funny, so Kelsey Plum, who plays on the Aces, so I follow her because I like her. You are the biggest WNBA <laughs> fan I know. And she's mentioned nothing about Candace Parker being on that team. Oh, and she hasn't said, welcome, Candace Parker. No, I haven't seen anything like that. She and hasn't said hooray. No, which is unusual. Right. So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. So they might have trouble in, that. Trouble in paradise. They might, yeah, could be. There's, yeah, there's nothing on her Instagram about. Um, her last post on Instagram was about Hamby. Nothing really? about welcoming Candace Parker. Wow. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe Kelsey Plum asks for a trade, goes to the Chicago sky. And the rest is history. Because it's going to be – so the next big signing is supposed to be Brianna Stewart either going to New York or staying with Seattle. That's the next and big I dom- domino. wherever Brianna Stewart goes, that's where Sloop goes. Mm. But one thing that – I guess if the sky kept Azrae Stevens, they'd still have Azrae Stevens, Copper, Rebecca Gardner. They might be an okay team. They might be an average team. And maybe Copper even elevates her game a little bit more because now she, she's definitely the main player on the team. Right. And doesn't have to defer to Parker. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just disappointing. You, you thought they'd have – another year or two with their core, but it's, it's all falling apart now. There's no truth to the rumor that um, USA today has offered its lead WNBA column to Len foot. Um, they say it. Well, they were thinking about it, but then they told me I have too much hostility in my heart. <laughs> and it's not happening. Yeah. The athletic is going to make you the new NB WNBA woes. You'll be like Len Foot is reporting. <laughs> your your Twitter is going to about to explode. Yeah. WNBA rumors. Yeah. Um, I, I I posted on the Sky Facebook page because somebody asked like what's going to happen. 
I said, what's good? They had no, somebody asked a question of what's going to happen. And I'm like, we're going to lose everybody. I said, Parker, Sloot, Quigley retires. Miesman goes overseas. And somebody did a me on me. They just wrote, no. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I'm going to be right, unfortunately. Yikes. Yeah. Well, if anyone can figure out a path forward, it's my ladder buddy, James Wade. Give him a wave, Eve. Give him a wave. In Wade, in Wade we <laughs> trust. I'm down on the uh, bottom floor, so as not oh, to disturb, so, not. Oh, so okay. as not to disturb our frequent guest uh, Jesse Byer, as she has a big test tomorrow. Oh, okay. Um, so Wade's probably wondering where you're at. Wade is probably bothering uh, my daughter, in which case <laughs> the authorities will have to be summoned. Um, probably shouldn't joke about that. They and... go upstairs and. Wade's helping her with trigonometry. Exactly. Wade's like trigonometry is like the triangle in one. Yeah. Now drop now drop and give me 40 while I explain <laughs> the Pythagorean theorem to you. Um anything else on any other uh, news from around the league? No, just sadness. Get, <laughs> keep it here for <laughs> more WNBA and Chicago Sky updates. From your man on the ground, Len Foot. Um, let's move on to I recommend. This is the section where Len and I recommend either a book or a TV show or a movie or uh, an album to you, the privileged Jagbags listener. Um, should I go first? Yeah, go ahead. So uh, I. Uh, I was going to talk about Fosse Verdon. I think I've already mentioned it before, but I picked it back up, really enjoying it. So more to come there. And uh, <clears throat> the one thing that I will recommend is uh, Eileen and I uh, took a trip down to the Chicago Art Institute, uh, made a Sunday morning out of it. And we were down there for a couple hours and, we just had a great time that the art Institute I've been down there in years. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a snowy day, pretty cold. So the crowds weren't really that big and we got there the, it, the minute it opened and we were there for a couple of hours and we pretty much had it, a lot of it to ourselves. And, uh, I just forgot. And I really hadn't been to the new wing of the art Institute, which is in the back and that they have a <clears throat> huge contemporary art section, huge modern art. I didn't realize how many Warhols they had. I didn't realize how many Pablo Picasso paintings they have. They have one of the largest like collections of his most well-known paintings um, in the, in the country. I didn't realize that. Um, so we had a great time, walked around, and uh, it's great to live in a city where there's just, you know, not only, uh, you know, is it a, you know, some cool art in addition to the famous paintings that you see everywhere, the, the impressionists and all that, but that new building is really spectacular and it looks out onto millennium park and the skyline. And um, it's really like wide open space. That building is beautiful. And uh, like I said, I am, I think it's been like, at least 10 years since I've been inside the art Institute. 
And um, I enjoyed it so much. I was like, I got to go back again, maybe even twice before um, the big move happens and we relocate um, to uh, Cleveland. So um, I heard Alex is scouting for you. I have Alex looking. Uh, he got lost, though. So um, he's in Canada right now, but he'll figure it out. Um, his uh, girlfriend is helping him with the GPS. Um, no truth to the rumor that she's trying to, to direct him to Tahiti and, empty, and directing him to empty his bank accounts. That is a scurrilous lie. Um, so uh-huh. I expect him in Cleveland uh, by summer. Just, just off the subject, has he asked you for any money lately? Alex? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, he's dropped hints like I'm about to be evicted. Uh, and Quite the, um, <laughs> quite the hint. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what he means by that. Um, mm. But uh, anyway, Alex should be arriving in Cleveland sometime in the summer. And when he arrives, he'll start um, scouting out some uh, some places um, to uh, for us to uh, move to. Um, it's really a, a great strategy of ours that um, we're moving. The kids are probably going to stay here, so we'll be back to visit them. Um, although many have complimented me on my strategy, uh, when I say to the kids, "My doors are always open to you forever." You'll always have a room in my home in Cleveland. Six hours away. Yes. <laughs> so um, they don't find this funny at all, but uh, my friends are getting a huge kick out of it. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, I really, I can't recommend the Art Institute enough. Um, and if you're listening out there and haven't been in a while, check it out, especially if you haven't been to that new modern art in the back really spectacular it was so spectacular you can spend a day there and i'm we're gonna go back for sure mm-hmm. that is my i recommend all right i have four Jeez, louise but i'll do them quickly johnny overachieve what <laughs> i just it just depends on the week right well you see a lot to recommend yep one If you're listening to our podcast today, a couple days later, we're going to do one on the Bee Gees. My first I recommend is the documentary about the Bee Gees, which we'll talk extensively about. Yes. And that's how can you mend a broken heart? Yes. So listen to our Bee Gees podcast. We'll talk about that in detail. Yes. So that's my first I recommend. The other three are all albums that came out in 2022 that I haven't gotten to yet. Oh. The first one is Reset by Panda Bear and Pete Kember. Ooh. And this is... I guess it's supposedly a tribute to 60s pop. Hmm. But I didn't know anything about it. I just probably listened to it because I try to listen to almost everything. Right. And... I'm like, this is really just interesting. One of the songs sounds like a Who song. Really? So that's why I kind of looked it up, just to kind of get an idea of what they're trying to get at. Yeah. And I know it says tribute to 60s pop, but it sounds a, it's, it's retro, but it doesn't feel like it's 
Really 60s, I guess? Because some of that 60s stuff could get sappy. It doesn't seem yeah. like that. It doesn't seem like pop. More more maybe rock oriented, but not right. like hard rock. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. But I really liked it. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it again this week. And uh what's the name of the of the band again? It's Panda Bear. Panda Bear. And yes. Peter Kember. What a and it's it's uh, not like Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> no. No. I don't even know where I heard about it, where I decided to listen to it, but I'm glad I did. And another one is American Heartbreak, Zach Bryan. Have you heard of him? No. He's a country singer, but he reminds me, he's like a a Springsteen of country almost. And I guess he's had a couple other albums, but this is his first major label album. And it's a triple album. Oh man, you don't hear about those anymore. Songs, yeah, thirty, but they're they're all good. Hmm. And and do you remember like in High Fidelity? Either like there's there's music that you can listen to as background. There's other music that just kind of stands out. Right. That's how this feels because the lyrics are so good, and he's got a good voice. And another surprise, I was like, wow, this is this is really good too. So I put that. That's another one I'm going to listen to again. Yeah, I want to hear that. And then the last one of my recommendations this week is Doggerel by the Pixies. And the Pixies have been like secretly releasing albums every couple of years lately. And I like the one that came out a couple of years ago too. And it's just their, their kind of standard kind of stuff that they always do. But I really like, I really like Doggerel too. Yeah, I do too. And uh, yeah, so it was a good week for I recommends. That is a good. That is a lot of good new music. Yeah, I will say, Len, that I finally got to the Wet Leg album. Yeah, that, that album rules. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, let's uh, move on to. Uh, what everyone uh, uh, considers the highlight of this uh, <laughs> recap episode. Um, certainly, I've made a fan. We have like a Shawano meter up in the Diamond Listeners booth. Yes. Even They're Ken Burns. tearing off each number you do. Even Ken Burns, when he's, you know, not berating me about, you know, just whatever. He's like, hey, Beef, keep going on that Rolling Stone stuff. Just really like it. That's so, nice. It is nice. And it's then Burnsy. Yeah, Burnsy is. Uh, so he's. Uh, it's. Uh, it's. He's kind of like uh, Jekyll and Hyde. You know, he can mm-hmm. gives you the carrot or the stick. So I appreciate that, Burnsy. Um, I still haven't seen your Brooklyn Bridge documentary. I'll get to it though. It's on my list. Um, Two oh nine out. Number 209. That's what we're up to. 209. This album is called Raising Hell, and the band is Run DMC. Um, they've called this the first mainstream hip-hop album. And this was, this was the second hip-hop album that I bought. The first was the Beastie Boys. 
License to Ill. The second was this album. See Travis Kelsey quoting the Beastie Boys? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Calling people jabronis. Travis Kelsey, keeping it old school. I remember that I hated um, Fight for Your Right to Party yeah. and swore that I would never have anything to do with the Beasties. And then I heard um, Ryman and Steelen, and I was like, well, this is a monster jam. And when I heard No Sleep Till Brooklyn, I was like, all right, I'm going to get this uh, on cassette. And um, so when Raising Hell, you know, you Raising Hell, you just couldn't escape Walk This Way, which I, what did you think of Walk This Way when it came out? The Run DMC. I hated it. I did too. Yeah. I'm not, but just in general, I'm not really a Run DMC fan. When I heard my Adidas, I was like, all right, that's fun. And then when I heard it's tricky, I said, all right, I want to be cool. <laughs> really? You know, I want to be a cool Cleveland kid. And uh, so I bought Raising Hell. Um, do I think this is a top 500 album? I appreciate its influence. And I appreciate the fact that this record showed people that, hey, we got something here. This is a, you know, this is a type of music that can sell lots of records. Um, that part I do appreciate, but that doesn't, you know what else contribute, convinced record execs that this was um, a good thing to uh, uh, look into? Young MC uh, or Tone Loke mm. also. Uh, so I'm not saying that Run DMC is on that level, but to me, they're not much higher than those guys. Um, they're a little bit higher, um, but not top 500 level. I just, they just never did it for me. Mm. Um, but I did buy it because I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be part of the cool uh, crowd, much like people who buy our Jagbags t-shirts. <laughs> So you would go and tell your high school parties and you'd be like, it's tricky. Yeah, it's time to rock around, to rock around. That's right. All time is tricky. Like, Abiv, you're the, literally, just get out of my house. <laughs> it's tricky, 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 tricky. 208. Lil Wayne, the Carter 3. Um... I don't understand the Lil Wayne <laughs> phenomenon. I just don't. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't get it. I mean, this guy was huge. And, and a Millie and Lollipop. I'm like, it's just no, no. And I, I, I mean, he really. I think I like this. I don't remember. Did, I should add you, Ron. I should add Ron. Ron, listen to our older episodes too, because I don't remember, but I think I liked it from 2021. That's when you reviewed it. 2020, probably. Now, a lot has changed since then. <laughs> uh, 207 Eagles. This has not been a good week for uh, uh, the. Uh, <laughs> I was just gonna say. Top I was gonna say before you started these five. I'm gonna go. I know there's at least one you're not gonna like. Oh, uh, I mean, I just don't, you know, I mean, I, I will say I do like take it easy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, uh, but I've just, 
you know, I'm just like, I, I don't understand uh, the appeal of this record. I think they're trying to like legitimize the Eagles and like, yeah, they had a lot of good albums. No, they didn't. They were a singles band. <laughs> Eagles were a singles band. Just call them what they were. Don't try and like say, oh, this album was amazing. Like you're talking about Rubber Soul. No. Um, they had a couple of hits. I like, the, yeah, I like the Eagles, except for Hotel California. Do you? Um, I, they, I, first of all, I want to say I do like the long run. <clears throat> that album, I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. So there is such a thing talking, as a good Eagles album. talking about that one. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Right, I think I think it's on my list, maybe. You know, um, not to go back to our... Oh, yeah, we'll be talking about Long Run. You know, really quickly, not to uh, uh, go back to our uh, upcoming documentary uh, or, disc- or our upcoming pod episode on the Bee Gees, where we talk about the Bee Gees documentary. Um, well, we talked about his place in all time great music documentaries. Did you ever see the documentary on the Eagles? No, it's you gotta see it because I don't really like the Eagles and I thought it was great. Yeah, but you like the Eagles and I think you'll really like it. Yeah, um, there's some great parts in it, really great. Um, and my thing was that they kept saying, and that was the development that led to the writing of the song Take It to the Limit. <laughs> and they're like, take it to the limit. Like, it was just some amazing artistic development. I'm like, I hate this effing song so much. <laughs> I like Take It to the Limit. Ugh, I know you. I, yeah, I, I, I accept that I'm in the minority. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, 206. David Bowie. Now, this is his artsy kind of um, really uh, avant-garde record, Low. Um, what, uh, what do you think of Low? I think... I, I, have a I, trouble, I have trouble getting into it. Well, I remember listening to it and loving it, and then listening to it I don't know, it was last year, and then I, I was like, eh, maybe I don't like it as much as I thought. Maybe that's one of those, you have to be in a mood for it. Right. Could be. But, yeah, I, I, I used to be like, yeah, Lowe's great. But, I don't know, I don't know what changed, but maybe it was when I was just listening to all the Bowie, and Lowe yeah. was one of them, and I just thought, all oh, these albums are so good. Yeah. But when I hit put some distance on it, I don't know. I still think it's good. I just, I don't think I liked it as much the last time I listened to it. I really, first of all, I really like, legit like Sound and Vision, the song Sound and Vision. I think that's a cool tune. And there are a few others in that vein. And I believe me, I've listened to Low a lot because I want to like it. Mm-hmm. Because everyone's like, it's his, you know, it's his most... You know, Bowie, who made his living being avant-garde and off, this is his most adventurous, you know, teaming up with Eno and living in Germany and hanging out with all the, 
you know, Iggy Pop coming by and that whole scene. Um, although uh, apparently Low was recorded in France. So there's that whole Euro vibe to it. And I was like, oh, this will be cool. So I really want to listen to it. And I'm just not there yet. I just don't get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Last album. 205, T for the Tillerman. Uh, I am with Kirk here. You think he hates the Beatles? Oh, not T for the Tillerman. Ask Kirk, our 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 friend Kirk Pinchon, <laughs> who has been on. We he's been on to talk uh, Prince, uh, an excellent episode. Um, and he was on another time. Um, and he Wesley Snipes. Now talking about weather, how could I forget Wesley Snipes, which is another really great that that happened when we first started. That was one of our very first episodes. Um, and, uh, he just joins us for this BG's episode as well. So he's on my mind. You think he doesn't like the Beatles? Just ask him say, Hey, what do you think of tea for the Tillerman by Cat Stevens? And then have a seat. Um, (laughs) yes. Fix yourself a cup of tea and settle in because the bile will not be be happy. If he listens to my top 500 is the bile will be off the charts. Wow. Um, I uh, I have to say that I don't mind this album. It's like, you know, kind of a folk, kind of hippie folk kind of thing. Um, I love T for the Tillerman. A lot of people love it. Love it. I don't think it's as good as some of these other, like, you know, like this Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, you know, type of, um, I don't think it's as good as that. Wrong. Oh, I am correct. <laughs> Make no mistake. Um, all right. Which do you like better, this one or uh, Tapestry by Carol King? They're both great. Yeah, soft rock. They're both right. great. But you can only take one. They're both with way you. up high on my top 500. Way but, up. But you can only take one with you to the desert island. I'd probably. Oh, that's so hard. Uh Kind of that same uh, tapestry, but tiny, tiny bit. I think. I but, wonder which uh, one I put up higher. Maybe. Well, while, while you look, I'm just gonna say that uh, all I have to say is that this um, one of the songs began as a the lead tune for a musical that he wanted to write about the Russian Revolution, and that just says it. That's uh, come on. How can you like what? Anyway, uh, Tapestry is one notch above T for the Tillerman in my top 500. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Let's get to your top 500. Those are mine. Not a good week for the. Oh, I got. I, I forgot. There's a fax about you that I got. Oh, from my good friend Fiona Apple. That's right. <laughs> good. I so, love Fiona. Ron Ron, who is an excellent intern, and he interrupts some of these faxes because he didn't want you to see this one, but (laughs) because I have a reputation for honesty, I felt like I should at least tell you what Fiona had to say. You have a reputation for honesty. I did say attention, Len, on it, but everybody knows the complaint faxes go to you. (laughs) So Fiona was 
I don't know. She was confused. She wasn't going to let that pass. She said it to me, put attention Len on there. Attention Len. But it's about me. Uh, the, what do we call it? The stationery she used says, don't be fooled by B. Title <laughs> is my best album. And <laughs> she writes, <laughs> don't Dear be Len, fooled. Don't be fooled by Beave. I listened to your recent Jagbags podcast. Oh, I always thank enjoy you yes. I always enjoy what you have to say. Oh, it's hurtful. But I do prefer really- Matt Bags. Parentheses. You know why. <laughs> what a twist of the knife. My own brother. <laughs> I of course, Fiona. Be- I just course- want to know if you could talk to your lesser partner, Beef, <laughs> and tell him to stop taxing me. How did he get my number anyways? Tell uh, him. Were you looking through my contacts again? Well, look, I just wanted to invite her to watch the Chiefs-Bengals game. I, I thought that, it was pretty That's innocent. not what she says. Well. So what I get she this say? long text from Beef saying... I feel like you need a collaborator. <laughs> I have a great idea for a loot jazz album inspired by our recent police podcast that I, I hope you have listened to, Fiona. It's all Please, tracks. Len, I trust you. Please gently tell Beave that I know he's not a musician. <laughs> and I know he just wants to have famous friends. And it's a sad charade. Oh, really? Love bat bags. Talk to you soon. Fiones. Fiones. You yeah. made that last one up. I didn't make that up. You she, wants, she has me call her Fiones. This is, <laughs> this is heresy on the level of Jennifer Beals. Uh, Aha! <laughs> This is complete heresy. First so of all, know, it's uh, spelled F-I-O-N-Z. Well, I guess Fiona just doesn't want to be on the cutting edge anymore. <laughs> and she's not able to read the tea leaves of where popular music is going. And it's exciting loot jazz direction. That's fine. Fiona's Fiona's what a weird. How dare you call her Fiona's. <laughs> I'll call her. She signed it that way. For me. Whatever. She <laughs> clearly intended for me to read it. And uh, I get it. I get it. Loot jazz is intimidating. Maybe uh, you know, I can. Uh, but rest assured, Fiona, that. Uh, <laughs> rest assured, Fiona, that my. Good friend Alanis Morissette has no such qualms about loot jazz and has eagerly accepted my invitation. Um, she's a little mad that she was second choice, but I explained that, you know, due to your volatile, your volatile nature, uh, that, uh, well, the war is just really heated up. Just all, all of a sudden it's just ratcheted up. To uh, the top level between me and Fiona. <laughs> that I really should reconsider this. That's not someone I'd want to make angry. 
No, uh, you were praising her last week. Yeah. I think um, that's part of the reason why she wanted me to break it to you gently because she knows you're a fan. I'm hurt. My feelings are hurt. That's all. I lash out. Maybe, maybe I should have presented it better. My feelings are hurt. Mm-hmm. I thought we had a thing, Fiona. I see the truth. <laughs> the the Atlanta set, uh, we're going to call it... Uh, 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 we're still working on a title, but uh, don't worry, Jagman. Alludicit more set. Alludicit. We're going to have that. We're going to have that title. That's, that's in consideration. Um, but we're going to have that title next week. Don't you worry. All right, let's uh, hear your top 500 or the five albums from your own personal top 500 list. Here we go. Here we go. Number 400. 400. Wow. Yeah. Best of the guess who. (laughs) Alert. (laughs) Alert Matt Engel immediately. The, he doesn't like the guess who? Isn't one of the guys from BTO in uh, guess oh. who? Oh, yeah. Let's see. I believe one of them. Yeah, one of the Bachmans, I think. I think so, too. That's right. It's from that Canadian mafia. <laughs> musical mafia. So this collection, I love the guess who. Yeah. These eyes are crying. Jam. These eyes have seen a lot of loves, but they've never seen another one like I had with you. They have the best uh, key change going to the end of the song. They they go up in keys like every, oh, it's great. With that little horn. Yeah, I, I want to listen to some of their actual albums. Because this is pretty much the stuff I know. These eyes laughing, undone. No time, share the land, hand me down. Undone is all, awesome. All really good songs. Yeah, all those somebody, songs are some, great. Something I read about them today. Great. They're like, how you know the same group that does Undone, and then has a song like No Time, just completely opposites. No time for the killing floor. Yeah, this is this is really good and. If you get the one, the bonus tracks, even the bonus tracks are good on it. What is your favorite Guess Who song? These Eyes. Mine is No Time. I feel like when I was a kid, it probably was American Woman. But that song has been tainted by Lenny Kramer. (laughs) 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 The cover version was so bad, it's tainted the original. Yeah, I, I feel like I want to go deeper now. And um, the guess who? Yeah, I was thinking about. We had band. a best of the guess who. Yeah. Um, I had it in the '90s, and I don't know what happened to it. it Might have been Kirk's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so that's 400. Big fan. Number 399 is. Oh, we dropped it. Tried to escape. I'm excited because we have all five today. So Brad Underwood won't be getting any. Or Brad. 399 is Workman's Dead. Len, it always makes me laugh when like you're a dead. I like I I just picture you at a dead show. Uh, <laughs> well that's that kind of makes sense, though, about what I'm gonna say though. 
Yeah. All right. So this came out in 1970. Well, the first days are the hardest days. Don't you worry anymore. Because when life looks like easy street, there is danger at your door. Great line. Uncle John's band. Uncle John's Great band and Casey Jones are the two hits. Two big hits off of here. Dire Wolf, that's another one I really like. Excellent album. It's it's when Great The Grateful Dead became accessible. Yeah. I agree. This album and American Beauty, which I will talk about in the future. Mm-hmm. And those are my two favorite Grateful Dead albums because when you're not, when you don't know any Grateful Dead songs, Mm -hmm. you're just thinking, these are crazy jam, (laughs) jam band, druggies. Right, right. But then you listen to this. I don't know which one I listened to at first, this or American Beauty. I'm like, no, this is, this is really good. Yeah. Because they went from being like crazy psychedelic band to, more of a folk type of thing. Yeah, they kind of dipped their toe in the whole, you know, T for the Tillerman, Crosby, Stills, and Nash kind of soft rock, folk rock. Yeah, and know, they kind of... Production values, professional production values. And this this album did so well, it kind of saved them financially. I guess they mm-hmm. were in trouble because their album before this, which is, I don't even think I could pronounce it, that... Aoxa, moxa, moxa, oxo, oxo. Yes, yes. Aoxa, so what? Yeah. They overspent so much on that that they were in trouble, I guess. <laughs> but then this came out and, and did very well. And Rolling Stone magazine, it got voted by the readers, number one album, 1970. Oh, the readers for that year voted yeah. the album of the year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so this was that. yeah this was their this was their breakthrough. And like I said, it saved them. It got them new fans. It was a huge, hugely important album for them. Because they might have been under the radar. I feel like that kind of band would have kind of somehow managed to stay together anyways. Mm -hmm. But this is the one that provided them financially. Gave them some momentum. I agree. You know, I got music documentaries on my mind just because, you know, we've been talking about them so much. Um, I think this one's on Prime and it's called Long Strange Trip. And I watched it on the recommendation of our friend uh, Bruce Hollett. And I think Chris Markham mentioned it, too, when we talked about the dead in Mm -hmm. our uh, podcast episode. I, I don't you don't need to be a fan of the dead to enjoy this documentary. It's just really well done. Great stories, um, and it has a great through line, and uh, really recommend it. And they talk about what you just said about all everything you said about this album is is discussed in that documentary. It's really yeah. good. Long Strange Trip is the I'll name. Put on my list. I think that's a book title. Somebody wrote a book called that too. <clears throat> yeah. All right, my next one I know is one of your favorites. Oh boy. The CD I'm showing you has two of his albums on it. Uh-oh. And the other one's going to come up later. Okay. It's your favorite musical artist of all time. Oh, no. Uh, Nick Gilder. <laughs> How did you know that I was a Gilder man? <laughs> they call me. They called them Gildermen. I'll tell, Gilder, you, I'll tell you the stories <laughs> behind my love for this album in a minute. 
So this is ranked 398. <laughs> you like this album better than Uncle John's Band by the Grateful Dead. Working Man's Dead. But remember, oh, I'm sorry, Working Man's Dead. Mine is favorites. And I'm right. also in my head is how, how often have I listened to this album? So I, I, you're right, and I apologize. I came, to, I came to the dead a little late, but I have listened right. to that one a good amount now. So, so you have listened to Nick Gilder. I could actually put this one even higher when, I, when I'm thinking about it. It's that good. It's another... <laughs> it's so... It's another bargain deal I got. Yeah. I think... I got two of these eight tracks, Nick Gilder eight tracks, were like nothing. Hmm. So I listened to them all the time. One of them was Frequency, and one of them was City Nights, which will come <laughs> up. And City Nights is the one that has the song everybody knows by him, Hot Child in the City. Which I love. You might like these albums, then. Is it kind of in the same uh, yeah, vein? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's... He's like a poppier Bowie in a way, just the mm. sound of him. And I was listening to it the other day. I'm like, I still think this is really good. And it, if I mean, <laughs> it flopped. It got to like number one twenty eight on the charts because <laughs> people were probably hoping for. That he got another big hit like Hot Child in the City. But he didn't. But she makes electric love and she says, don't stop now. <laughs> That's the song, Electric Love. And you really rock me time after time, Metro Jets. I'd be curious. If you like Hot Child in the City, you might, you might like these albums. Um. I don't know um, if you can find it anywhere. They're I was going to say, I'm looking up Nick Gilder now on <laughs> Apple Music. It's probably nothing. Probably Hot nope. Child in the City. And that's it. Well, that, now, this is interesting because when I looked, when I, I did Hot Child in the City and the album Long Time Coming came up. Um, Maybe that's a compilation or something. And uh, it's Nick Gilder and Time Machine. Yeah, and there's, there's like nothing on Spotify for him, so I can't put this on my Jag Bags podcast top five hundred albums. Yeah, so the songs on this long time coming are <clears throat> Cafe Heaven, You're Everything, Big House, Breathing, Back into the Night, Ringing Round the Sun, Roxy Roller, Hot Child in the City. Do any of these ring a bell? Uh, no, just Hot Child in the City. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But I had that, I had both of these Nick Gilders on a track. Listen to them all the time. On, I love it. <laughs> I love it. But yeah. How many a track albums did you have? Not that many. Yeah. We. Had, uh, I remember. I think I've talked about this before. I, I had a few. I had a couple Hall Notes ones. The early ones on a track, like along the red ledge. And one other one, I think. Right. And then my, my parents, who didn't really listen to music that much, they had like Sinatra and Glenn Campbell. Everyone Bernie, has a Glenn Burning Campbell. Burning Bridges. Yeah. 
I think we had a Streisand one. Yep. Uh, not that many though. Steve Miller. Funny. I think Fly Like an Eagle, which I had talked about a couple weeks ago. On a track. On a track. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the bargain got me, and I <laughs> I don't remember how I got this, but like, yeah, that must, is a that's that's a, that's must have this. That's a rare CD. It's probably worth money. Yeah. I'll have uh, Franklin Sampson come over and appraise it for uh, uh, street value. Yeah. So there you go. Frequency, Nick Gilder. Frequency. All right. Next up is version 2.0 by Garbage. <laughs> Came out in 1998. Blood and blisters on my fingers. Chaos rules when we're, we're apart. Watch my temper. I go mental. I'll try to be gentle. When I grow up, I'll be stable. When I grow up, I'll turn the tables. That's when I grow up. Also special is on here. Push it. Yep. Dumb. I think I'm paranoid. And so I was... Their debut album, and then this album, I have both of them. Yeah. I like, I like Garbage a lot. They had a great book, like this oversized book I read a few years ago about the history of their group and how touring was. And I love Shirley Manson. I think she's a great lead singer just and got a great presence. I didn't realize how well this did. Because, and it something I read today even it even said that Shirley Manson was like, well, people think this was this one didn't do as well as the first one, but it actually did better. <laughs> it sold, I think it's now platinum. It sold like one point seven million dollars. Uh, one point seven million. <laughs> wow. The original, the original title was "Sad Alcoholic Clowns." I, I that's the that's exactly the type of like yeah I prefer I prefer that title and it got Grammy nominated a bunch of Grammy nominations yeah sure did album of the year best yep. rock album best yep. rock song best rock performance by a group <laughs> and of course I pulled up our two of our favorites Greg Cott <laughs> <laughs> he says it has an ersatz charm and <laughs> Chris Gow said 12 impregnable theoretical hits whatever that means theoretical yeah so some more pretentious nonsense from him yeah Chris Gow so those two didn't like it, but it did really well. Rolling Stone named it the 18th best album of that year. They are like, well, I know Butch Vig is like a fixture in the Chicago music scene, or he was. Yeah, well, they recorded this album in Milwaukee. Yeah, I think, well, Madison is there. And basically, 
Shirley Manson had to live in Wisconsin by herself. I mean, amazing. <laughs> While they're recording this. <clears throat> yeah. You're not saying anything, though. What's your opinion of them? Uh, I like garbage. I do. Mm-hmm. And I respect Butch Vig, especially as, as a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like them. I like them. I don't have like a strong, I don't hate them. I do not hate them. Mm-hmm. But do I own any garbage albums? No. Wow. Um, I think they're, I think they're solid. They're a good, solid band. Um, there are a lot of bands I like more, but there are a lot of bands I really, I don't hate garbage. I don't. I just don't, uh, they're just kind of there for me. Mm-hmm. That's my okay. take. How's that for a ringing non-endorsement? <laughs> I don't know. It's just that I, I want to, I'm never seized by like, I got to hear more garbage. Mm-hmm. I'm just never, but I'm never like, these guys suck. Never, never once. Yeah. Well, maybe there'll be a fax from Shirley Manson next week. Oh, God. We'll see. He's really just, <laughs> uh, just, just exhausting. <laughs> exhausting trying to <laughs> placate these temperamental artists. Speaking of temperamental artists, oh, no. I think we talked about this. I don't know why, though. Because I know I didn't review it before because when I did my Rolling Stone Top 500, I only did albums I didn't know that well. And this one I know fairly well. But it's Miseducation of Lauren Oh, we've Hill. talked about this. We've talked about this. Why did we talk album? about this, though? What brought it on? I thought because you reviewed it. Or, or maybe no, I reviewed it. I, maybe I've reviewed it. No, because it's way up there, though. It's like oh, is it? 10. Oh, yeah. it is. And maybe that. Maybe the original podcast. Where we the talked about. The first one, you were complaining how high it was. I'm definitely complaining. And will continue to complain. <laughs> so do you not like this album at all? Here, or? Okay. And I think I said this on the original. I wonder. I should go back and listen to the original podcast. Because that was early. Yeah. That's yeah, been more than a, a couple of years ago. Yeah, probably three years ago. When it came out, I liked it and listened to it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that thing. And um and the other hit too, um from uh names escaping me. Um and well, over that thing was the big hit. Yeah. Let me see what else got released. I I can't remember what the other. There were two songs on there that I really liked, and overall I liked it. And I didn't have it. X Factor. Yeah, maybe that's it. Everything is everything. Everything is everything. Maybe that. Yeah, that's 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 the song I like the best. That's that's a song I have to quote for. Everything is everything. What is meant to be will be. Mm-hmm. After winter must come spring. Change it. Change it comes eventually. That song, it's like a Stevie Wonder song. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like to me. I uh, listened to it a lot, and it was on heavy rotation. Um, listened to that. 
We listened to Tribe Called Quest. We listened to Charday. Uh, we listened to Bee Gees. We listened to um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Stevie Wonder. This was all Kirk's music collection. So Lauren Hill was in there. Yep. Janet Jackson, tons of Janet Jackson, tons of uh, brand new heavies, um, tons of Ice Cube. And, uh, you get the idea. Yep. And uh, and so Lauren Hill, I remember really liking it. And then I, like, I think it was like a few years ago, I picked it up again. I hadn't listened to it in a while. I was like, oh, yeah, well, let's put that in. And I was like, why did I ever like this record? <laughs> uh, I don't get it. Maybe not age maybe, well. Or maybe there's so many people who are influenced by it. Could be. It doesn't sound fresh anymore. Cause that's that that could definitely be. Cause this is a monster. Oh. No doubt. It's, it's a diamond. It's not certified platinum, it's certified diamond. Yeah, that's this album. Ten million copies. Ninety bajillion copies. Five Grammys. Huge. Five yep. Grammys. Yep. They viewed it number one. She was everywhere. It was 24th in sales for the year. It was 40th for the decade. So this is the 40th best selling yep. album in the 90s. Yep. Just in, insane. Insane. And it's her first. I mean, she was in the F- Fugees, but. She was in the Fugees, yeah. Soul album. Right. And just everybody went insane for it. And, not and she just, never has equaled it since. And, well, she, she kind of quit. Right. Because I, I looked her up today, and I thought it was because she there's something wrong with her, but it sounds like she just, she's like, eh, I'm done. Right. Which, I mean, logically, I've always thought that. Like, how come more people don't do that? If you make tons and tons of money, all right, just, you're done. You know, I it's think, hard, it's, but it's usually hard to stop if you're a creative person because you still want to keep doing stuff. Like when we talked about Bruce Hornsby last week, right? Where our my theory was he made these two albums that did great, and then he just decided to do whatever he felt like it after that. He didn't care right. if they weren't huge because he had all the money he needed now. Right, right. And so it's the same. You thing. sell ten million copies of an album, you're set for. No, for life, I think. You're fine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And maybe she was like, well, I'll never top it. And everything I do after that will be viewed as, a, you know, not as good as. So go out on top. Yeah, but it's just nobody ever does it. That's that's what was so surprising. No one ever does that. And I remember, though, I thought, is she going to, is this going to be a tragedy? Is this what's happening? She's not doing anything because she's on drugs or something? Because that's what kind of was, I felt like it was getting implied. Mm-hmm. But that was 20 years ago and she's fine. So maybe maybe they were just spreading rumors about her so that she would come out of hiding and do another album for him. I don't know. But I think she basically just told them, I don't want to do anything anymore. <laughs> and can you imagine just another album alone? Even if it was awful, it would have sold a million copies. Yeah. So you know these record company guys were tearing their hair out when she decided not to do anything else. Um there is a uh there's a great Lauren Hill, by the way, if you listen to um 
any uh, interviews or when you uh, uh, talk to her, she's a little like Kyrie Irving. She's a little out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's like, you know, I am the architect of my creative expression. I hire master builders and masterful artisans and technicians who play beautifully and lend their technical expertise and who translate the language that I provide into beautifully realized music. I mean, she is, uh, <laughs> she is well, you know, way out there. She was the, um, Declan, our producer, um, was a big jazz head. And one of his, uh, the musicians that he really likes the most is a jazz pianist named Robert Glasper. And if you ever Google Robert Glasper and Lauren Hill, uh, Robert Glasper, who is a very well-respected jazz musician, it's not like he's some you know bum. Um, uh, Robert Glasper gives an interview where he talks about Lauren Hill, and he is scathing in his uh, remarks about Lauren Hill. So Lauren Hill responds, and so they have a they have a beef going. That's mm-hmm. on her. Uh, that's on her website. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe I need to give this album another try. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. It's <laughs> There's like stories about that from a few years ago. This album came out in the 90s. It's <laughs> They're crazy. Still talking about that. Yeah. It's, and then you look up her discography, one album. That's it. One live album. <laughs> It's just such a weird story, but she's, you know, she doesn't tour. I mean, she might be a little off, like you said, but she's fine. Oh yeah. I mean, when, when I say off, I mean, eccentric, she's, when I say she's like Kyrie Irving, but that's what I'm saying. When when this was stuff was happening a few years later, you were worried. Like, is she going to end up like Whitney Houston or right. Any of these tragic artists. Yep. But no, she's still uh, she's still kicking. Agreed. Well, good. Yeah. All right. Well, next week we'll have. I'll be moving into the one hundreds. Praise. <laughs> praise the Lord, and Len will continue his descent into the three hundreds. So should be a good one. Good Probably choices. Some taxes from Lauren Hill and Shirley Manson next week too. Oh, Shirley, I'm, I'm making enemies left and right. <laughs> I'll have to get a fax from Robert Glasper to back me up. <laughs> well, we want to thank everyone for listening to uh, what's our, uh, what topic are we discussing? I should have asked this while we had our guest Kirk Pinchon for um, BGs, but what's our main topic uh, that we'll be discussing for next week. Well, the Oscar nominations just came out. Oh, man. So we're going to be discussing those and possibly choosing a category, talking about the history of that category, maybe. Uh, it's, that'll be a fun one. Yeah. That'll be a fun one. So keep it here. Please subscribe to us. Hit that yellow subscribe button. We're available wherever fine podcasts are found. Uh, if you hit subscribe, you will receive quality podcasting content delivered directly to your device 
that you can just hit play and then let Beave and Len do the rest. Take you on a magical journey of expertise. Um, if you're so inclined, write us a review um, and make it hashtag Jagbags. Tell all your friends about us. Your kind words are our best form of advertisement. We're also on social media, so give us a visit there. Uh, talk to us. We'd love to hear from you. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, and we are on Facebook. Suggest a topic because Len and I, basically, we can discuss anything, anything at all. We're talking about an episode on Kenny G, for God's sakes. <laughs> that could seriously be in the works. And if we're going to talk Kenny G, then we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Absolutely. So drop us a line. If we pick your topic, you will receive at no cost to you a Jag Bags t-shirt. Do it. Just do it. Like they say in the Nike commercials. Um, and thanks very much. As always, we really appreciate you, uh, the Jag Bags listeners and Diamond listeners as well. All the celebs that make us such a great podcast. Thanks for listening. When you're ready to listen, put a little Jag Bags in your ear.